It's the Business Spotlight with the WMAY News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, and we're talking now with SIU Center for Family Medicine's Dr. Tracy Aldridge. Doctor, thanks for taking time with us, and we're going to be focusing on the COVID-19 vaccine. A lot of discussion about this. We're seeing it roll out with various populations being able to access that drug. Uh, tell us how this vaccine works and why people should consider this. Well, the vaccine is a, a new type of mechanism, and it's actually... Um, very advanced, and the science has been in the works for decades. It uses messenger RNA. You have to think of messenger RNA as kind of a blueprint. So it has, we've taken some of the information from the coronavirus to make what we call the antigen or a piece of that external coding of the virus that our body can recognize as foreign and make antibodies to. And we've come up with a blueprint that our cells then can use to make that protein, that little piece of that virus, so that our bodies can respond to it. Generally, in the past, most of our vaccines have taken a virus and killed it, weakened it, or torn a piece of it away to use that to inject as a vaccine. So this is not anything to do with taking the virus, weakening it, or killing it. This is totally different. We're taking and we're making a portion of a protein that is on that virus, but it's not from um, an actual culture of the virus. So it's it's safer in that regard. It's not from the actual disease. So exactly how this works is those those little messenger RNA, which is encoded as a blueprint, is injected in the vaccine. Our cells, our immune cells, pick that up. And then that goes into a portion of those cells that is kind of like the manufacturing plant, the ribosomes. And those are going to uh, the ribosomes, the mitochondria, the different areas of the cell are going to produce that protein and then present it to our immune system so that they can make antibodies to it. And so the body then makes an antibody to that protein, destroys that cell, that messenger RNA is destroyed. It never enters our DNA. It doesn't interact with our DNA. It is just the blueprint for this piece of the, of the coronavirus that we are then able to make antibodies to. So now we have soldiers, so to speak, floating around in our bloodstream that are, are patrolling our our bodies waiting for the the virus that has that protein on the outside to present itself so that they can attack it and kill it before it causes any disease. So that's how this messenger RNA vaccine works. And the science has been in the works for decades because back in 2002, the, the SARS epidemic um, or outbreak in Toronto that was contained, that was a coronavirus. In 2012, the MERS virus, the Middle East respiratory virus that was um, in the Middle Eastern countries was controlled, um, but that was a coronavirus. So those two different outbreaks did not turn into pandemics, but those were coronaviruses. So the science and the research started decades ago. So we kind of had a recipe already for this vaccine. We just didn't have a need yet to mass to, to produce it on a mass quantity um, on a grand scale in order to distribute and vaccine and vaccinate everyone because they had been able to control those epidemics or those little outbreaks until this SARS coronavirus. And it seems to address some of the concerns out there that uh, we hear from people about how this thing was put together way too fast and they want to hold off and wait to see uh, how it unfolds. Uh, but as you said, it's been a, a technology of sorts that's been developed over uh, the past decade or so. We're talking with Dr. Tracy Aldrich with the SIU Center for Family Medicine here on the Business Spotlight with the WMAY newsfeed. Uh, and, and tell us who should be getting this vaccine. Well, eventually, 
everyone hopefully will should be getting it. Right now, we're phasing in the vaccine. And so currently the groups that have been identified as the, the priority groups would be healthcare workers, obviously um, working uh, directly with patients. Um, and then the next phase is uh, older individuals. And so, and then essential workers. And so anyone who has an essential job that works a lot with the public or with people that has to still continue to go to work to keep the infrastructure of, of the country and, and you know, our economy going, those uh, individuals should also get it. So uh, anyone, so for Illinois, anyone 65 and older is eligible currently. And then of those categories of essential workers. So uh, teachers and educators um, in the K through 12 system, daycare, uh, anyone who, who works with children, uh, grocery store, people who deliver things or distribute things. So anyone who has that essential function of keeping the, the, the country rolling, so to speak, is, is eligible right now. Uh, the governor just announced that as as of February 25th, they'll also be rolling in um, to that phase. Also, anyone that has um, what we would call comorbid conditions. So other complicating health conditions that might make um, their uh, course of if, if they were to contract COVID much more uh, serious or, or difficult for them to get through. So these would be people with um, diabetes, heart disease, uh, cancer, um, other chronic uh, medical illnesses that they need treatment for, chronic lung disease, etc. So anyone with those uh, issues, Issues, they can also be vaccinated. Unfortunately, right now we cannot vaccinate children. The one product from uh, Pfizer is uh, approved to from age 16 up, whereas the Moderna is eight, age 18 and up. So we cannot vaccinate the children uh, under 16 at the, at the present time, which makes it all the more important that um, every adult that's eligible to get the vaccine does so, so that we can get that herd immunity so that we can protect the children. And I'll, I'll tell you, I hear a lot of people say, well, kids don't have it that bad anyway. They've got a good immune system. They've been fine. It's not necessarily that kids will get very ill with it, but those kids can then pass that to other people very quickly as well. And so, you know, if they are with grandma or grandpa, then maybe grandma and grandpa is going to get pretty sick with it because they hadn't been able to get a vaccine or, or whatever the circumstance is. But also we don't know that every child will do well with it. Some ch children have you know, chronic lung disease, asthma, severe allergies, et cetera. So we have to take this torch up ourselves as adults to make sure that we're doing what everything we should do to protect the kids. It's the Business Spotlight. We're talking with SIU Center for Family Medicine's Dr. Tracy Aldrich here on the WMAY news feed. We've talked about who could be eligible for the vaccine in the weeks ahead, uh, talking about how it's not yet good for children. Um, we have a third vaccine that could be coming out here soon from Johnson & Johnson. Um, but who should not be taking the vaccine, right? There, there's some people who do have certain conditions that they need to talk to their doctor uh, about whether this is right for them. Who should be considering that conversation? The, the only people who truly shouldn't take the vaccine are individuals who have had an alert, an anaphylactic allergic reaction to a vaccine or a vaccine component in the past. Um, so it's a very narrow uh, group of people who really should not take the vaccine due to a concern for their health after the vaccine. Anyone who has had, um, you know, any kind of anaphylaxis to uh, the different uh, substances that the vaccine is is suspended in, it does not have egg in it. It does not have a lot of things of the of the vaccines of old that we would have worried about. But but there is a possibility of allergy. There are another group of people who probably shouldn't take the vaccine, but it's not because it's a concern for their health. It's more of a concern that it just won't work. Individuals who are immunosuppressed or take immunosuppressive drugs uh, for cancer treatment or other autoimmune or inflammatory diseases, um, they 
may not mount the immune response that we're looking for because those medications that they use are designed to suppress their immune system because their immune system is, is making them sick. So those individuals may not be recommended to take the vaccine, but that's more because it just probably won't work. And so we would, we would not want to vaccinate someone with a dose, which is considered pretty precious at this point, um, if we didn't think it would work for them. So, so those are the categories there that are really the true ones that we want to look at and see, you know, should they have this? We don't want to interfere with the body's immune system with other treatments that someone's having, um, but we certainly don't want to give someone something that they're going to have a severe allergic reaction to as well. Makes it all the more important for people to have that regular communication with their family physician and to have uh, an open dialogue about these issues and to be truly informed about their own position before moving forward with medical decisions. And that's something that uh, SIU Center for Family Medicine offers. Dr. Tracy Aldridge, tell us how the center can help families and individuals uh, be more healthy and live a more healthy life. Well, we have all kinds of services that we offer. Being a family medicine clinic, we we do a little bit of everything. So we can pretty much cover everybody for what services they need or find someone else in town that can if, if we need to. So one thing that I, I like to point out is, you know, in the last year, people have only gone out when they needed to. So a lot of preventive health care, regular checkups have, have probably been overlooked or gone by the wayside, or, or maybe you've just touched base with your physician by phone for a telemedicine visit. So now that things are starting to improve and, and the vaccine is out and you, you're going to need to get out to get that vaccine, you know, getting an appointment for your preventive health care or your regular checkup for any chronic medicines that you're on is a good idea. We obviously offer all the preventive services that would be age and gender appropriate for individuals. And we can talk to you about what's recommended for your health and give you the information and the evidence that there is for and against different, you know, uh, types of uh, screening tests. And then, of course, just treating and making sure that all the conditions that you may uh, need treatment for are under control so that long-term complications are are not going to happen. And that's really what we want. So many chronic medical conditions are, are, are pretty silent. That's why patients tend to stop taking medications because they feel well. And so they don't feel that they need it, not realizing that over time, those silent medical conditions uh, have severe effects on on your your body and in your organ systems years later. And then by the time you recognize those, it's too late to to prevent them. So that's why it's important to get in with your physician, get a full checkup, make sure you're addressing all the preventative care, but then also make sure that you're addressing anything that perhaps you've not noticed, but would be picked up during a visit. People can get more information about SIU Family Medicine at siumed.org. You can also call 217-545-8000. That's 217-545-8000. This is the Business Spotlights with SIU Center for Family Medicine. Dr. Tracy Aldridge, thanks for taking time with us today.